0: So, we're not going to talk about uh, the family of Reb Paracher. So, we know he had one son, Reb Zalman, who passed away in his 20s And he was married at the time And when he passed away, he himself, this son of, of Reb Hilo, Reb Zalman, had a son, Pinchas And Reb Hilo raised his grandson, as if he was his own child And when the boy grew up, he married a granddaughter of Reb Baruch Shimon who was the son of Reb Chaim Avram, the second son of the Al Rebbe. So basically his grandson married a great-granddaughter, sorry, a great-great-granddaughter of the Al Rebbe. A little confusing, right? The great-great-granddaughter of the Al Rebbe married the grandson of Reb Hill Now, it's also said that he had two married daughters who also passed away young. Um, and out of concern for his health, they actually didn't inform the pillow of their deaths. And he said, I, I understand that you didn't want me to know when, when, when he was finally informed. However, when they both passed away, I felt my, my, my mental capacities, my, how my brain works got smaller. Since I anyway knew what happened, I should have just been informed. The pillow's father, the mayor, was named after his grandfather, who became a chassid of the Shemtov. It's actually an amazing story. So we're going to go through the story now of how his uh, great grandfather became a chassid. So here we go. The mayor's chavrusha, his name was Reb David, He disappeared one day, and after a short time the family heard that he'd become a follower of the Baal Shem Tev. And his father-in-law was horrified and begged with him to return to his family and his minhagim. And when the Reb David refused, the father returned home and instructed his daughter to demand a get, a divorce, from her terrible husband who became a chassid. And recognizing the greatness of her husband, she refused. And very angry, the father disowned them Sounds like the Alt-Rebbe, right? Similar thing happened to him. The father disowned them and chased his daughter out of of his house. And she accepted this, this hardship, and pain, poverty. Her whole family made fun of her until her husband was appointed as the Rebbe in the city of Nikolaev, where the Rebbe was born. Years passed, and the mayor took over his father-in-law's Business, remember, Reb David is the one who became a Hasid. The mayor it was his Chavrusa. And, and the only work he actually did was he would travel a couple of times of, a year to, to these fears, to buy merchandise for the store. But the rest of the time, he would sit and learn. And the rest of his family ran the uh, day-to-day uh, operations. One day, during his travels, he met a group of people who were rejoicing. And he asked them, you know, why are they rejoicing? Why are they so happy? And they said, well, the famous Rav, Reb David of Nikolaev was in town. Now, he he knew that his Chavrusa, Reb David, became the Rav of Nikolaev. How many Reb David of Nikolaevs could there be? And realizing that it's his former Chavrusa, he went to the place where he was staying. And they both rejoiced. What a union. They haven't seen each other in years. And they started discussing different things. And... The mayor asked him during the conversation He said, could you please tell me what caused you to go to the Baal Shem Tov and become a chassid And Reb David his chavrusa, Said, well you, you probably remember how we realized That although we were learning For many hours a day We couldn't say that our learning was the way It should be Basically l'shem shemayim. When I heard that the students of the Baal Shem Tov achieved this level So I decided I'm going to go join them and the mayor uh, agreed, you know, he, he remembered. And the David continued. He said, however, after I came, although I saw great things and very inspirational things, I was not totally convinced that I should stay there. And his students, trying to inspire me to become a chassid, allowed me to observe the Baal Shem of while he said, "Shira Shirim. And even when he said Mishnayis in the privacy of his room And although that was a tremendous thing to look at I, I wasn't... Uh, it didn't hap me the way they probably thought it would Something was missing and, and I let them know that I'm going to be leaving soon So they asked me to wait one more day Since the following night, which was the yard site of, of one of the Rebbe's parents There's going to be a meal special for the students and his minute that night was to reveal secrets of the Taita that you never heard. And once, they, uh, one, he said, once you experience that, you're, you're, you're never going to want to leave. You're going to want to stay forever. However, we have to warn you, as many people during this meal, they have a sense of, they, need to, they feel like they also need to fall asleep. Make sure you're not one of those guys. And the mayor, uh, David's telling the mayor the story. He wants to hear what's, what's going on, what happened by this meal. So, so, Reb David said, I took to, they told me a lot of people get tired. What did I do? I took a nap that afternoon. <coughs> and I, <coughs> I drank a, a, like coffee or something to, to help me stay awake, caffeine. At the meal, the Baal Shem Tov started to expa- explain the kavanais that you have to have while going to mikvah And when he finished, one of the students said, Rebbe, <clears throat> Doesn't the Arizal explain it differently? And the Baal Shem Tov leaned backwards, and the color drained from his face, like his face became white. And and this remember of David's telling this story to the mayor, to, to the great grandfather of the He said suddenly, as much as I tried to prevent it, I I was overcome with this tremendous desire to sleep. And I and I and I, and I fell asleep right there on the spot, and in my dream, I saw many people running, and I asked them, "Why are you all running?" And they said, "Oh, well, we want to hear, uh, like a mimer of the bal shemtiv." And I run with them, and somehow I managed to be standing right next to the bal shemtiv in my dream. And how surprising it was when I heard him say the same thing he just said before, when I wasn't in my dream about the kavanas of the mikvah. And as soon as he finished speaking, a very old Yid showed up, and I asked, who is that? And they said, oh, that's the Arizal. And he started asking him questions. This old Yid, the, Shem, the, the Arizal, was asking the Baal Shem questions in his dream. And the Baal Shem answered every one of them until it was understood that the Arizal agreed with the Baal Shem Tov. So David says, at that moment I woke up, and I saw that I was back in the Balshemtov's table together with his students. I'm sorry, yeah, the Balshemtov. And uh, I noticed the color was returning to his face. And he repeated this uh, the the whole thing he said earlier. He repeated it again, the mimer about kavanas of the mikvah. And, and again, one of the students said, Rebbe, doesn't the Arizal disagree? And the Balshemtov turns to me. And he says, David, stand up and testify about what you just saw in your dream. And at, he said, at that moment, I said, all the other things I saw was nothing compared to this. And I said, I am a chaser 100% and there's nothing, there's nothing's going to change my mind. Now he's telling the story to his old chavrus, the mayor. So hearing this, the mayor uh, instructed his worker to take all the merchandise home. And he traveled immediately to the Balshemtiv, and in a very short time, he too became one of the outstanding students of the Balshemtiv. <coughs> Going, uh, continuing about the the uh, family, the also had an orphaned niece, that that her parents passed away. He had a niece whose parents passed away, and he raised her. And when she was ready for marriage, he arranged her a shidduch with a yid named Reb Yaakov. And Reb father was interested in discussing the match and he arrived at Reb Hillel's house thinking, uh, I think a dowry of 500 rubles sounds good. However, when he saw Reb Hillel, the way he david mincha and maidiv, meaning he wanted a dowry from the girl, the girl side gives the money. So when he saw Reb Hillel david maidiv, and min- mincha and mairev he decided he's going to ask for nothing. He said that the, the, the ruchnius that this girl has from growing up in a house with Reb Hillel, That's enough of a, of a dowry That she's going to bring to the wedding it's a lot, Worth a lot more than 500 ruble. So after the marriage The couple lived in a village Next to Parich And one year Reb Yaakov decided to spend Yom Kippur with Reb Hillel, As he had done in previous years However this time As soon as Reb Hillel noticed his arrival he, 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 like he, he, It was like a few hours before Yom Kippur He turns to him and he says you go home right now. The Torah writes that on Yom Kippur, the kohen gadol daven[s] for himself and his family. That means Yom Kippur, you have to be home. There's no leaving home for Yom Kippur. And he never heard such a thing before because there were many years that he left home and no one said anything. So, he went to the pillow tells him you have no choice. So he goes straight back home. And when his and that night, his wife went into premature labor, meaning she wasn't supposed to be giving birth then, but. Hashem made it that that, that night she, was gonna, she would have a baby and, and Rebbe Yaakov said, can I know her? Could you imagine if Rebbe Pillow didn't send me home? My wife would be stuck at home by herself and she'd be having a baby. Who would help her? On another occasion, when Rebbe Yaakov was visiting, remember this is a nephew of, he married a niece of, of Rebbe So Rebbe came came to him in the middle of the night and told him to go home right away. And remembering the last time Rebbe told him to go home, <laughs> you could imagine how quickly he went. And uh, reaching the courtyard, in his, while he reaches when he, as soon as he reaches the courtyard, he noticed that Ganovim were trying to break into his house. So, uh, and when the when the Ghanavim, when the robbers heard the, him coming, they away ran for it and they left his house alone and his family alone. So again, we see uh, stories of Reb Hillel's pure ruach hakodesh. Okay. Moving on to his uh, students, we mentioned many of them throughout the, the whole story. Just go through some of them again, some of, some of the new ones. So his most devoted student, um, we spoke about him, but we never said his full name. His name was Reb Shalom Akayin Huminer. And we said he was the one that he wanted to do favors for Reb Hillel, and Reb Hillel never let him because he was a Akayin. So he was so devoted to Reb Hillel that they called him Reb Shalom Reb Hillel's. Because he was as it was as if he was a pillow. Son, one Purim, Reb Shalom brought uh, Shalach Manis that had a wine and an apple, and Reb Hilo asked him, "What's the significance of an apple?" Right, tapuach, and he said, the four letters are Rashi Teves for the words tigalun piskomin." The same rule chidusha, which means uh, reveal your sayings and say something new. And in the middle of their discussion, Rabbi Shalom broke into tears. He said, if this world, in this world it's all right, you know, you constantly instruct me what to do, Shalom do this, Shalom do that, but in, in, in the next world, who knows if they're going to let me come close to you in the next world, what am I going to do in the next world without you? So, Rapil asked him, so, so, what do you want me to do on your behalf? And Shalom <clears throat> said, I request that you promise me that also in Ganadan I will merit to hear you saying my Mari Chasidis. And for a half hour, Raphael was lost in a deep thought. And when he came out of his thought, he promised his precious student that he would be with him in Ganadan. Uh, another student that we mentioned uh, many times was Reb Gershin Doiv Ber of Paher. Um, he took over Reb Hill's job of traveling uh, to all the colonies every year after Reb Hillel the Zosalkos. Then uh, we said there was a <coughs> uh, Reb Doiv Zev Kazevnikov, we mentioned him a bunch of times. He was the Rav of Um Also Reb Yitzchuk Rafalovich who was the Rev of Keremenchuk. The um, another student of his was Reb Usher Groisman was the shaykhit in Nikolaev. Um, he was the one we're going to learn later in the year. that tzemach tzedek, I'm sorry. The Rebbe Rashab made a special printing of the ta- of the Tanya. The one we have today is that is based off that Tanya. He was the one, the Reb Usher Groisman, that uh, the Rebbe Rashab uh, helped uh, asked him to prepare the Tanya for printing. Uh, another one was the uh, Pesach Malostovsky. We said a few stories with him. And okay, so now we're going to move on to his teachers. So we know we already know from the beginning of the story, his uh, his mashpia was Reb Zalman Zesmer. Um, he was he was the one basically the most responsible one to bring Reb Hill Parcher to Chassidus Chabad. Um, um, <clears throat> his, his understanding of Chassidus, he also was able to explain it very in a very nice way to others, was phenomenal. Reb Hillel, in his memoirim, he mentions a few original Hasidic thoughts and explanations from his mashpiyut Reb Zalman, and he would say a lot of times he would say, everyone needs a rebbe. But you also need a chassid to be his mashpiya, Meaning your Rebbe can't be your Mashpiya. You need a chassid to be your mashpiyah And uh, when he Wanted to describe the greatness of Reb Zalman, He would say Compared to the understanding of Reb Zalman, I am like a cat Trust me The alley cat The, the wild cat in the street and, and me Were on the same level The most famous saying That he quoted from Reb Zalman Was that Reb Zalman said in the name of the Alter Rebbe And this is printed on all the uh, You know the Fabrengan wines? I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've seen it The wines that are What does it say on there? What a Hasidah Fabregen Can accomplish Is even greater than What Malach Mechol Can accomplish says that every So where's that? Now you can tell your father where it's from? It's from Rabbi Hillel Parajar. But if you say it to him, you'll give him nachas. Rabbi Hillel Parajar said it in the name of Reb Zaman Zezmer. Um, when he was younger, he was a Talmud of Reb Avram Doiv um, of Ovrich, who became the Ovritch Tamer. Um, okay, so now we're going to just go through quickly his life story, but in, in short, basically. So, Reb Hillel was born in 1795 in the town of uh, Brahin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Ukraine. His father, Reb Meir, <coughs> was the dove in the town and he was a chassid of the Tzadik, Reb Nachum Nochem of Chernobyl. When he was two years old, Reb Nachum Nochem of Chernobyl visited the area and Reb Meir wanted his son, Reb Hillel, to see the Tzadik. Now, since hundreds or even thousands of Yiddin came to meet the rebbe he wasn't able to get close and give shalom aleichem to the tzaddik so what did the mayor do he wanted his little 2-year-old son Reb, uh, Hillel, right to see the tzaddik so he picks him up on his shoulders so that at least said listen my son won't be able to give a shalom aleichem to the tzaddik but he'll see him and suddenly little 2-year-old Hillel starts screaming zisha zisha which means fire Right, fire, fire, and looking around, the mayor doesn't see any smoke. And he asked his two-year-old son, "Could you point to me where the fire is?" And he points straight at the tzaddik, Nachum so Even at the age of two, he was already able to sense the shchina surrounding the tzaddik. When he was younger, Reb noticed that his father, the mayor, the say, "Ticking chatzoes," with tears flowing down his eyes. And he once asked him. He says, "Tati, why do you cry so much?" And he said, "My child, you, you shouldn't know of such things." Basically, there's averus that, uh, like, like from when a person gets bar mitzvah, it's much easier to do avarus until they get married. That's that's why people used to. One of the reasons why people would get married much earlier. Um, and his father didn't get married right away after his bar mitzvah. And he, and, his, he, uh, <clears throat> and Hillel replied to his father remember Hillel, He was very young at the time He says, I hope that Hashem helped me Not to know of such things And years later, Hillel thanked his father That he, he basically encouraged him To avoid these types of Avedas uh, Even when he was in his earlier years And before he became a Chassid He was recognized as a genius <clears throat> By the time of his Bar Mitzvah He already knew the whole shas With all the mafarshim. He was also learning Kabbalah and Davening according to the Kavanas of the Arizal. You know, by then. By the time he was 15, he already knew all the Kisvei Arizal and many other Svarim in Kabbalah. Um, it said that shortly before his Bar Mitzvah, he became engaged and he got married. So the following is the story of his marriage. So when he was 12 years old, everyone knew him He was known for his greatness as the genius of Chemtz. And the richest man in the city sent the Shadchan to his father to arrange a match for his daughter. And the mayor wasn't really interested in this. But he didn't want to say no to a fellow chassid of Mordechai of Chernobyl. So he said, listen... My son's greatness is so well known that he deserves a dowry of 20,000 rubles Now when he said it, he, he thought the guy was going to say, no way And he's going to leave, and then he won't have to embarrass him, right? But <laughs> the rich guy was a little like, uh, what kind of chutzpah 20,000 rubles? The normal price is, you know, a few hundred rubles, 500 rubles 20,000 rubles? He said, this mount is so much, I'm not going to be taken for a ride let, let the rabbi get it from someone else and this rich man's wife, however, was not uh, like her husband and she t- goes back to her husband and says, no, no, you're going to agree with that, tw- I, wa- I want my daughter to marry, I'm sorry, my, my, yeah, my daughter to marry this man's son. I don't care if it costs 20,000 ruble." He says, what's so terrible you give him 20,000 ruble. Who do you think is getting the money? Him? He's marrying our daughter. What is that? Who cares? What's the big deal? It's like, if we can't use the money that we have for our daughter, what what good is the money? And unable to deny his wife's demand, he agreed. And the mayor had no choice but to agree with it because he's the one who suggested it in the first place. Now, after his marriage, for a little while, he was called a Chol Hamoyed Yid. Because a married man is obligated to put on a talis. However, since it was before his bar mitzvah, he wasn't obligated to put on tefillin. So just like on you wear a talis without tefillin. So now, it, it doesn't mean that pillow didn't wear tefillin. I, I don't think there's any way that he got married and he wasn't putting on tefillin yet. He probably started putting on tefillin also. He just wasn't m'chuyiv to put on tefillin. Um... Around that time, his father brought him to his Rebbe, Rebbe Mordechai of Chernobyl, to learn from him uh, and become his chassid. When he was 15, he heard about the Tanya and Chassidus Chabad, and noticing his interest, the Altar Chassidim of Chernobyl, they tried to convince him that that's not the way to go. And in the beginning, they were successful. However, when he heard that the Alter Rebbe was passing through, so he went to meet him, right? We said the whole story already that he, he, when, by the time he came there, he only heard the Alta Rebbe say a minor. He went to Rebzalman Zezmer to ask him to explain it. And the next time he heard that the Alta Rebbe is passing by a town, he decided he's going to hide under the, the bench over there, the, 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 the couch, and the Alta Rebbe walked in. He said something and he fainted. And and hearing the clear Ruach HaKadosh from the Alta Rebbe, he decided to go to Lubavitch. Now he arrived in Lubavitch, we said, mamish at the same time as the Mitle Rebbe because the the, the Mitle Rebbe got to Lubavitch in that that year that was the first that was the when he moved to Lubavitch in Elul and he arrived in Elul so he was one of the first chasidim in Lubavitch so after Tishrei, he goes home and he returns to the Rebbe for for Shavuos and that became his custom from then on that he would go to the Rebbe for Shavuos and for Rosh Shani and Kippur and Sukkis well, first it was the Midler Rebbe and then it was the Tanach <coughs> Around that time he also became the Rav in Parich. Um, Rebbe Baruch Mordechai of Babroisk uh, let it be known that he would be moving to Eretz so they wanted to take him in Babroisk. We said this whole story already also. Um, and he ended up later in his years he ended up being the Rav. For the last few years of his life he was the Rav in He also had the job we mentioned uh, many times of visiting all the colonies in the Kherson area and he did this for 46 years. He went every single year for a few months and only when he he, was a Stalic in 1864, he was 69. That's when he stopped. He's buried over there and thousands of Yudin would go and dive him by his caver. Um... So we know he had three children There was a son Reb Zalman And two married daughters And all three unfortunately passed away in his lifetime And Reb Hillel raised his grandson We said After the Mittler Rebbe's his He went to the Tzemach Sedek Now the, Visiting the colonies Wasn't the only shluchas that he was given He was also given the Shluchus Of being one of the Mashpiyim for the younger Hasidim they would come to him and he would guide them in, his, in the ways of becoming a Hasid the Friedrich Rebbe writes that in general we don't learn the, the Hasidus of Hasidim however he said there's a few exceptions and one of them is Rab Hillel, the other one I think is Rab Isaac Kumler, if I'm not mistaken um Reb Hillel was also known As a tremendous Baal uh, He would say Someone who has a chush, Who has like a talent In singing Nagunim It's easier for him To have a talent in Chassidus So the Sefer HaNagunim Which is a Sefer Basically going through All the Nagunim of Chabad There are four Nagunim that, that, uh, that are uh, from Reb Hillel However in other places there it shows. It says that there are eleven niggunim. I think one of the famous, mo- most famous ones are. Right, they made the famous camp song. Oh please, well not a camp song. It's from Oh Oh please, Hashem, it hurts me so. Right, that's yeah, that's a niggun from Rebbe. Um, his uh, fellow Hasidim, such as Rabbi Zekumler, they sensed that the pillow had ruach hakodesh. Um, <coughs> nevertheless, he conducted himself in total humility and showered love on every year he met. The Rebbe Maarash, this is, we'll end off with this. The Rebbe Maarash said about the pillow: "My father, the Rebbe, that's said that he the pillow." Is half a chassid. Because the other half of him. Is a tzaddik.